Welcome to CodeCast. We're a podcast that focuses on everything tech, and we give you an idea of what developers, startups, and creatives are up to in Zambia and across Africa. Every two weeks, we explore different topics and applications of technology in the real world. Every episode is brought to you by Agora Code Community. For more information, visit agoracode.community or follow us on Twitter at CodeAgora. Huge, huge apologies for the previous episode. I know that audio is a little bit terrible. So we promise we're going to do better. Right, Elias? Yes, we do. That is a promise. I, 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 I got it stamped on my, my, my right shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Last week. We're going to take pictures. And that has to show in the pictures during marketing. No, but I, have, I feel some type of way about my body. So... I don't think you can do that. I just say that. No, I can't do shit about it. <laughs> okay, so we're not alone in the studio. Um, I'm standing in for Cynthia today. Uh, she couldn't be here. It's a special episode on machine learning and artificial intelligence, I'm hoping, and yeah, data science and all this stuff. So quickly, we will just let everyone else that's in the studio just introduce themselves, tell us a little bit about what they do, and yeah, who wants to start? Wow. It's like, you know that meme, the yeah. Spider-Man meme, right? <laughs> That's what's going on in the studio right now. Okay, Yasin, do you want to start? Uh, let Asipo start. Asipo. I'm just trying to say to... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I can go. So my name's Asipo Muyangana. So I do a number of things. So okay. I'll start uh, on a professional setting. So I'm an associate with an organization called um, ID Insight. So with ID Insight, it's pretty data heavy. Mm-hmm. So our goal ideally is to help um, through various ways. So we do have the typical traditional way of doing um, evaluations, getting the field, collect data. But we now we also have like very innovative ways in which we also do that. So that's what we call we use data analytics. We also do um, data science, and then we also use machine learning. So we use machine learning pretty much to more specifically in the social sector that's thinking around okay we have all this data in the world in the globe and a lot of say agencies governments sit on a lot of um, big data how do we then use this information to help them come up with and resolve certain um, social problems that they do um, that the world is currently facing so that's my job and then outside that, I'm also involved um, in a number of activities. So Yasin and I together run what we call um, the data science weekend classes. Mm-hmm. So where we teach um, the fundamentals of data science um, and then some core courses that involves that. So that's um, mathematics, um, statistics, uh, Python, and as well as um, machine learning itself. So we last year so last year was when we started so we've done three cohorts three two cohorts two two two, two sorry about that two cohorts um so that's a 12 week um long course oh yeah that's 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 long well it's only on weekends so if you look at it from that perspective <laughs> you look at it from that perspective so it's not as long but going forward, we're still having discussions as to what's the best way to structure these um, meetings, seeing okay. that there are a number of players on board teaching data science. Okay, that's dope. 
You seen? You wanna go next? Finally? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> so my name is Yasin Musa. I am I work for an NGO called Family Development Initiatives. I'm the data and innovation strategist. So basically, what we do at Family Development Initiatives um, is basically um, so there's quite a number of problems around us that I mean we face on a daily basis. Yeah. So um, at Family Development Initiatives, what we're trying to do is um, <clears throat> what um, bringing the uh, component of technology and data to kind of you know address some of these social issues. Um, of course, Mukuma, you'd agree that um, we've 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 done programs together. I think the first um, machine learning in Dava, something that I'll touch on later on. We did, uh, I think, we did it in partnership with the Agora Code community. So. All these all these initiatives are to kind of uh, build capacity in that area, so we can have more Zambians, you know, uh, speaking the language of data science, the language of AI, and uh, yeah, Zambians involved in general in in the in in, in the sphere of um of these uh, emerging technologies. So um so that's the family development initiatives. But then I'm also a founder uh, and lead uh, for uh, and, uh, a startup called Sogolote. So basically, it's a goal to take is um, so we've got family development initiatives as our clients, main clients. Yeah. So whatever techn- whatever uh, problems that family development initiatives intend solving, then we come in as consultants and as a goal to take where we try to kind of introduce. Um, I mean, we 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 propose uh, innovative ways in which these uh, state of the art technologies can be used. To address some of these issues, uh, for instance, um, there's, there's, there's a chatbot that we are currently creating, uh, which uh, aims at um, uh, providing information to people uh, around the areas of um, resource governance, uh, tax justice, and things like that. Um, issues to do with uh, sexual reproductive health similar like that. So we're leveraging um these technologies and then of course um uh there's also <laughs> there's also um I'm also involved with the Global Air Drone Academy with the with the Global Air Drone Academy. <sighs> Take your time. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> so yeah under the Global Air Drone Academy, we are basically also um, trying to teach. Of course, there's this drone technology that is emerging, and I think it's something that we've not concentrated on here in Zambia. So we're trying to teach. We focus on kids for now. You know, trying to teach them um, drone engineering, drone coding, and of course, flying drones. We are hoping to roll it out to also adults and. Anybody that would be interested, you know, in in in, in flying drones, those under global air, uh, global air drone academy, and then um, also like sis, uh, uh, like Sipo uh, alluded, um, also involved with um, the Zambian AI community. So the Zambian AI community, basically, um, our goal is. Um, to bring more Zambians, you know, into the space of AI, you know, by providing them with relevant information with regards to um, state of the art technologies. So there's quite a number of activities that we're doing in order to achieve this goal. Um, one is um, 
the on a daily basis we've got like um a whatsapp group where people get to post um different stuff like um, <coughs> opportunities what is happening uh in different parts of the world and yeah anything ai related so we get to post on a daily basis and then on a weekly basis we've got the saturday class that uh had talked about and then um on a monthly basis we were started with uh ai meetups but um we just did one and um yeah um we not very much we're not concentrating much on that and then on a yearly basis um this um the machine learning in dava that well deep learning in dava exact we do organize on a yearly basis so over the past two years we've organized like two and yeah i mean soon we should begin organizing the, the third one and each year we try to increase the number of participants um well, the first one we had like is it 60 participants in coma yeah. yeah and then the previous we had we had like uh close to 110 and then we're hoping that this time around we can have um well at least not less than uh 150 so i think yeah some other stuff i'll talk as we go on Okay, great. That was a long trip. <laughs> where 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 do you find the time to sleep? <laughs> right, I have like three four projects that I'm already drowning. I have I'm waking up much earlier than I usually do, and it's so stressful. But we'll get to that because I do have a few things I'd like to ask around how people manage their time and all that stuff. Yeah. But I want to start from um firstly some of the community work that you guys are already doing. Yeah. And also Well I'm I'm not really like a data science machine learning guy and I know when we organized the machine learning endeavor uh at, at that time we were heavily involved in all the different parts of like the the developer ecosystem and obviously Agora Code community has since uh found its focus and so on and so forth and I'm glad that the endeavor has continued I'm hoping that uh this year we can actually work with Devcon which is the developer conference Zambia also so that uh we can run some programs together because we just started our year long um campus outreach program so we want to visit one campus every month okay. so we were at Zika's last week yeah. Friday so hopefully next month we'll be at another university and maybe another high school or something like that so it's really open if you guys want to give a talk uh, we could have a chat around it and maybe we can work together and then see how we can get that outreach uh, on the tech space what is data science machine learning what's the difference ai like i always thought this stuff was the same thing <laughs> until like i go to the endeavor and uh Yeah. They switched up on you. <laughs> switched up on me, right? <laughs> I I I I'm like this episode is for me to learn. Because yeah. Cynthia is usually the guru around like you know all this all this stuff. Guys on Galisi. Yeah, right. Super, you want to go first? I'll let you to I'll let you see and take this one first. <laughs> all right, so so data science, well I I won't go with the text textbook definition please okay so um well, i'll try to con- contextualize the whole thing so that people get to understand what data science i mean well, when we talk about ai people what they see is ai uh, robots taking over and stuff like that i mean let's try to simplify it and then bring it 
down to here Zambia and how it can be applied so that people can understand it from that perspective. Also, just to butt in, Terminator, the new movie is out. Like, <laughs> like talk about that later. Oh. It's been out. And it should be the last one. I hope so. But just in continue. I really feel like that was an underwhelming thing to interrupt Dude, I've seen show. like 20 minutes of it and I was like, no. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, <laughs> okay, so, um, well, if we've been following the what's happening in the news, I mean, you'd agree with me that uh, I think the past three weeks we've like had a lot of floods in Lusaka, um, yeah. and in certain places are not accessible. I mean, areas like uh, Kenyama. I think Kenyama, Garden House, uh, I mean, people cannot, I don't know how people survive, how people manage, you know, to. Um, to go to the CBD and back. So, um, so there's floods in certain parts of Lusaka, and um, people don't have where to. I don't know. People are displaced. Like mm-hmm. um, you're sleeping. The next thing you see mm-hmm. is the house is just uh, <laughs> <laughs> just flooded with, with with water. You know. So there's so it's, it's it's a disaster in a way. And then how do we manage that? You know. Um, do we have to wait for Prime TV? Do we have to wait for ZNBC to come and then? do the inspections, run the story, and then that's when uh, DMMU is going to come in. So, I think... <laughs> I feel I feel technology, data science can come in where we can just um, send a drone there, do the mapping and get to see um, the sovereignty of the situation. And then, well, it can assess and then see, okay, this is the extent of the problem, and then give uh, live updates and then, whoa. The, the guys at DMMU then can then assess the situation and then when going there, they're just, just going there to assess the situation, but they're going there with the necessary interventions. So that's one example. So I was talking about cancer. So with cancer, um, I think it's one of the cervical cancer, it's one of the killer diseases here in Zambia. And well, there's quite a number of deaths that have been uh, recorded yeah. already, you know, um, as, a, as at year end 2018. There were about, I think, 12,000 estimated cases of cancer. So, well, how can uh, AI, how can machine learning, how can data science be used in that case? So, well, uh, people already, people in developed countries are already using um, samples uh, to, to kind of detect uh, whether um, somebody is uh, benign or malign, so something like that. So... Um, that could be used, you know, uh, as an example. And then um, blood samples. So you've got certain areas like just close by here, uh, Lufunsa, you've got uh, people that, uh, you've got uh, hospitals that get blood samples from people and um, they want them to be tested and there's no sophisticated equipment there so that you have to send them to Lusaka and then back. So why can't we use drones to 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 to, to do that? Load shedding is something else. I mean, we had is it twenty four hours of load shedding mm-hmm. in certain areas. So um, how can we use machine learning? How can we use data science? How can we use AI to kind of you know uh, based on the water levels? How can, how are we able to kind of predict um, how much electricity we'll be able to generate in a year? And then I think whilst we still have the rainy season. Uh, begin, you know, rationing the usage of electricity. So I think that's how I define data science. I mean, it's how we can use it to solve our own problems. 
Yeah. I see, I see, I see. So you mentioned a lot of stuff about um, uh, some of the calamities that we're facing, yeah, yeah, yeah. some of the diseases and stuff like that. Is this the kind of like big data you were referring to, Sipo, when you're talking about the stuff that you do earlier? Like, do you have data sets that you use to kind of determine all this stuff? Like, where does all of this stuff come together? Like, where do they merge? Okay, so let me touch on the first question, Elias. Like, how are we differentiating data science, machine learning, artificial intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. So, even myself, when I got into the data science world, I just used to mumble jumbo all the things. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still mumbling jumbo. <laughs> but, like, uh, in simple terms, I think pretty much, you know, data science, you just want to use, it's just like you're using statistical tools. To a programming tools to understand what does this information tell us, right? Mm-hmm. So I can use a simple example of, say, in a hospital. Okay, some hospitals they do have like um, a database where people they just register who walked in, what disease, right? Yeah. So you have all that information that's seated in there. What data science then does is helps you understand what's going on here. Are there any patterns? Are there any systems? Is there something that this information can tell us? Maybe you have information that's worth like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Is there something we can draw from this information? Right? That's the data science. But then the machine learning component then comes in. Is okay saying, we have all this information. How can we then... We have this information. There's a potential... Prop, there's a challenge here. How can we use this information to be able to predict an outcome in the future? Mm-hmm. So I, that's the... I don't know if people then now get the difference between the two. So ideally, so we say machine learning is a component of data, of science. data science, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so just to add on what people, sorry. For, no, you can press it. Just to add, so data science is more on the business side. Yeah. Ah, now I'm starting to understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so anything, you know, using data for business processes, then that's where data science comes in. But anything... Using data, uh, making just predictions, and that's more of machine learning. So it's not necessarily like in the field of computer science per se, because I think that's a common misconception. I would say the reason why people think it's computer science is because of the tools that are used to conduct Mm. the job, right? So we need tools like Python, R, and then people also do have um, SQL skills as well. So that's why most people think... Oh, because I have programming skills, I'm a data science, but it's because you have the fundamental skills to conduct the job. Oh, That's oh. why you are able to do data science. Oh, and, I see. And well, of course, uh, data science is made up of uh, different fields, you know, of mm. course. There's statistics, there's programming, mm. there's some, uh, some aspects of, you know, business and stuff. So... So people, that's the reason why people get confused, you know. So, um, well, I'm coming from a software engineering background, so I'll be more uh, focused on, you know, programming. People is coming from a statistical background, so she's, she'll be more around, you know, seeing the, uh, like how the graphs look how the graphs look um, getting insights from the graphs you, you, you get it yeah. um, if Mkuma is coming from a business uh, side then with him he will be more focused on okay so yesterday we, this is how, how much profit we made and these were the parameters so if ch- parameters change uh, this way and that way how much profit are we are we 
is, are we expecting to make tomorrow mm. something? Uh, ah, I see, yeah. I see. I want to come back to Sipo because um, I feel like it would be a crime uh, for us not to talk about this. Like, how did you get into like data science? Because like when I, because I'm coming from a software engineering background. Um, we we had a we, we had a serious problem with uptake of like girls into my, we we were like fifty in my class but more than half the class didn't want to do software engineering uh, I think we had two girls yeah. do software and engineering software, out of nine I th- was it nine or seven in total something like that but I remember in software yeah two girls two girls total. and eventually I think uh, maybe only one of these is actually practicing software engineering. Uh, the rest are in banking doing maybe like data analysis or something like that. So like how did you get into data science and like what's the landscape in terms of like um, girls getting into machine learning and stuff like that? Okay, so I t- I'll take a step back, right? So my career started from with on from a research um, research background where I did um, traditional research where you get into the field, you collect mm-hmm. data, you analyze it's it, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you write a report, and I had been and my cause my mom runs uh, a research firm, right? So I had that experience from an early age because I used to support her through all of that. Okay. And then also one thing that I noticed was. Um, each time after we did the data collection, because she would collect myself and my fellow colleague students to collect the data, was she would actually hire an expert to come and make sense of that information, and then she writes the report. And then she would pay this person tons of money, so I'm uh-huh. like, huh. <laughs> Opportunity. Huh, okay, so we, we were the ones in the field. <laughs> we got peanuts, but this expert was able to come up with tables, make sense of this information, yada yada, draw some insights and get so much money out of it. I got interested. Okay, so what's what's going on here? How do you analyze data? How do you make sense out of information? That's where my interest grew from, right? And then um Bongo Hive uh, with um the MasterCard Insight to Impact. Mm-hmm. Um also had the same agenda of um, data science. That's something that's unknown to Africa at some, I don't know, people now know. That's, it's not something that people know about, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the agenda was, you know, we want to make as many Africans know about data science. We want to empower, you know, young Africans to be able to do stuff in data science. So they came up with this program called Data for Hack, where they said, okay, so, if you're a young person that's interested in data, that's like enthusiastic about data, sign up. We'll pay you with an organization that's tech and has data, and then we'll teach you guys how to make sense out of this information, and then you can pitch a program out of that. So it's at that point when, because I, I am interested in data, I said, okay, I'm definitely going to step into this. I want to know more. Yeah. So when I joined um, the program, the Data for Hack, they had a program. Um, so for those of us who are data enthusiasts, they said, okay, um, to be able to analyze information, you needed to go through this um, 10-course program, which mm-hmm. is called data science. So when I started doing that program, then I actually got to it and I was like, oh, okay. That's where that guy this... getting big bucks. <laughs> that's <laughs> this where, is where I make my money. <laughs> so this is what data science is about, and it's, a, it's from that opportunity that I got to learn much more about um, data science. 
Okay. Um, so maybe just to zero in on something else before we continue the discussion. Okay. So like, um, what's been like the female participation in data science since you got into it and stuff like that? And the reason I ask this is people might not join us for the rest of the episode, so... <laughs> okay, so female participation broadly just in STEM is very low. And then we're sort of in a field that's not yet um, got what's this momentum on the market, right? So if there's a common STEM that we only have like 10% female participation, what more this niche field yeah. that no one knows about as much, how then do we get female participation into that? So I would say it's very low because I'll look at from my, uh, my experience, right? So when I did the whole data science, when we, started, when we did the whole Bongo Hive program with the, uh, in the data for hack, I was the only, there were two females in the cohort. Wow. And that should tell you, that it's should normal. tell you something, right? So in all the conversations that I involved myself in terms of data science, I don't think there were more than 20% females in any of that set. <coughs> So I'd say it's pretty low. And the bigger question then is how do we get more females into this space? Okay. So is that how you met Yasin? That's how I met Yasin. Yeah, well, I mean, we met at last year in Dava, so yeah. yeah. I mean, most of the guys that uh, Salim here, we yeah. met at Indaba. Kuma, of course, we met through Indaba. Um, yeah, we met Elias, through we met through Indaba. So, I mean, we've met. Oh, okay, so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so maybe we can even get into it. How's been the growth of the Indabath since the first one in 2018? Okay, so... Because um, I know you went to South Africa last year, right? For... Um, yeah, I mean, I've been up and down, so... I know you're in Germany also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So becoming a travel blogger. <laughs> yeah. Machine learning, data yeah. science blogger. We have a lot of friends that are becoming <laughs> travel blogger. And all of this stuff is bypassing me. And my passport is ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, like... Of course, uh, I was in South Africa for some time. And then, whilst in South Africa, we had that opportunity of um, organizing uh, a deep learning in Dava X and we thought, no, it wasn't wise organizing that side and that's how we brought it here. And of course, uh, we partnered with Agora Code Community and then we, of course, successfully hosted uh, the Indava that was in um, 2018. And of course, uh, like I alluded earlier, um, we had like 60 participants and, well, I mean... We didn't expect. Ma- uh, I think it was a good turnout for the first event, and then well, then um, after that, then I think I went back to Africa, and then went to Germany, and then yeah, I came back, and then yeah, uh, when I came back, we did uh, the second one, and well, I thought it was gonna be worse than the first one because there were no follow up activities. I mean, we had fo- we had promised people that would do follow up. Uh, follow-up activities because I mean part of the feedback that we got during the first endeavor were that you know I mean the skill set was uh, less I mean we never had people involved in, in, in that area I mean it was something that was new to most people so that's how uh, we organized the second one and well to my surprise we had like over a hundred uh, people who signed up and yeah I think uh, about yeah hundred and Ten participants showed up, and we had it just here at the University of Zambia, 
and yeah the female participation was also good compared to the first one because the first one only had like one female and the, the, the second in that we had like uh, i think about 20 percent females um yeah and what was more interesting is of course the first one we brought in uh somebody from outside zambia and the second one all the speakers were were Zambians, which was a plus on our uh, on our end. And of course, after the the second endeavor, then we had uh, this when I think we introduced uh, follow up activities. Of course, we've had um, the data science classes, like two uh, two cohorts already, and um, we also linked them to because we are not accredited uh, trainers, so we linked them to Coursera, so they're getting. Uh, certified by Coursera so then of course from our end we're just giving them uh, uh, certificates of participation so the first one we had like uh, 20 and the second uh, cohort we had like 15 or something but the major challenge has been because most of these people when they hear AI they don't really understand what AI is so they expect uh, you know I don't know playing with robots or whatsoever. I think they just imagine things out of this world. So when they come there, you know, you do Python, you do this and that, then it's like they get disappointed and some drop out. And then, of course, part of our participants were, I think most of them were students and then it was just difficult for them to attend every session. So those are some of the things that led to the dropout. And then, so that was to do with um, data science classes. Then we had um, what's this? Uh, we just ran one uh, yeah, meetup. A meetup. Uh, the meetup. Uh, so through the interval, we've kind of had, um, um, been in contact with people. Sometimes we're doing AI, but outside the country, people like uh, Jasper Tilima, who's also in Germany. Uh, Mr. Francis Chikweto who's in uh, Japan so those guys are willing to kind of share whatever they're studying with, uh, with 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 the community here so he was he was in the country and he was one of our speakers and people go to reach out and ask whatever questions that they, they had yeah. and he was offering to kind of you know uh, mentor some of uh, of of, of, uh, of the participants then obviously um if you remember so um so this endeavor that we do is like a local event but then there's the main one that we do so initially it started in 2018 and then 2017 so 2017 was in south africa i was the only one then 2018 it was um also in south africa okay. but still and then well we had like um three participants from zambia that Including was me cynthia, cynthia yeah. and uh francis and cynthia did a keynote, I remember. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, then i got to win the Mata impact award and stuff like that so that was in Stellenbosch. and then last year um we we also we yeah we had Zambia again represent uh, Zambians uh, represent the country at uh, the deep learning endeavor in Kenya, Kenya yeah. yeah we had like uh, Jordan uh, we had also Francis and and, and myself so well I mean that is evident enough that uh, the community is really growing and uh, at least we're getting uh, our people exposed to what others are doing uh, out there. 
Okay, that's it's really encouraging that there's a lot of improvements. Mm. It's nice to get feedback on success stories, and I think uh, Cynthia and I have these conversations all the time. One of the reason why one of the reasons why people really go through to the end is because they may be unaware that there are people who are um, pushing boundaries and they are going great distances but just by following through with interests and stuff like that. I know Sipo is looking at me like time is only time. So Sipo unfortunately won't be joining us for the rest of the episode uh, which is sad. So I'm trying to give time to stay. <laughs> How's that working out for you? No, not very well. Well, unfortunately, I have to step up, but um, is there any last question I should take? Um, I, I don't know. How can people get through to you? How can people find you? Find out more about the amazing work that you do? Your Twitter. <laughs> 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 okay, I think for now, for now, we can work with my Facebook account. It's quite active. So, Sipo Muyangana. Okay. Yeah, but then we can work on a, like, a more structured way in which you can reach out to me if you want to learn more about um, data science as well as being a female doing um, working in the data science machine learning space. Dope. And I think we'll add uh, we'll add uh, links in description as well. Definitely, um, definitely. We'll, we'll we'll probably get more details from you and then just put them in the description. Thank you very much for coming through. We appreciate. We wish you could have stayed for the mm. whole entire episode. Thanks for educating us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, our sequel is gone, um, but we will still continue. Uh, I still have your scene with me. So awesome. <laughs> Um, so, getting back to um, the deep learning in Dawa and some of the success stories that we've had, mm-hmm. um, maybe maybe we start from uh, the classes, because yeah. that's an entry point for someone into data science, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think entry point would be joining a WhatsApp group and following our social media pages. Uh, at least they just get a feel of what data science is like and then just get uh, to understand what they're getting into and then if they feel this is what they want to do then they can now join the classes because I mean it's um, it kind of demotivates other learners when you know people just come and then next, next week you don't see them and stuff like that. you know there's lack of seriousness when people don't really know what uh, they're going into so I think first they just need to gather as much info as possible so they know what they're getting into and then based on that they can then be able to make a decision as to whether this is something that they want to pursue mm-hmm. yeah. so going back to um, we talked about like the calamities that we've had yeah um, I, I don't think I've I don't know about you last, but I don't think I've like fully grasped okay. how like <laughs> data science plays a role in Okay okay, I was just touching on yeah, okay. So um right now there's this issue of gassing that's taking place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean I think when the Facebook developer cycle pages, um there's this conversation around, you know, how we can use drones to kind of uh map where um 
these guys are. So basically, uh, how can we use data science? So data science, um, it's just uh, data science is all about uh, using data to get uh, meaningful insights from that data. So um, one idea would be creating an app, for instance. So an app, more like a panic button app. So where um, if somebody uh, kind of senses an instance of uh, gassing or they experience it, then they can just, you know, like, um, just, I don't know, it could be, it could be, I mean, I, I don't, I, I cannot really f uh, think of the, how the interface would look like, but something that would get uh, information like the time, uh, the, the, the G, G, GPS location of where that incident happened. So, I mean, we've had many people complaining about this and people are just talking. So there are uncoordinated, um, uh, what's this, uh, statements. So that would kind of, you know, be a coordinated way of managing this thing. So we'll be collecting data and then using data we'll be able to map that, okay, I think uh, this area is more of a danger zone or this is a hot spot and then we can then send more police to kind of, you know, man that area or patrol that area so those are some of the examples in which um, uh, data science could be used we're okay. using sign language of course we could also use drones just to map um, you know just for patrolling you know, um, the, the instances where people are saying no, people are jumping on people's roofs, and then you know, all these stories. So, like, we're recording from Lusaka, Zambia, right now. <laughs> over, the last, over, over the last few weeks, over the last few weeks, um, we've had I would call them strange occurrences. Um, firstly, I think we had the first cases on the Copper Belt, which is a region. Uh, north of Lusaka, so in a town called Chingola. So, like, we had we had reports of people's houses getting gassed, right? So mm -hmm. someone would, um, I don't know, I don't know what kind of delivery method was being used, yeah. but like um, like vents, like vents, like through the vents, vents yeah. right? So like they'd gas the house, and people would uh, become unconscious, and then they'd break into the house. Whatever method was used. And uh, eventually, like, I don't know what would happen. There's numerous stories, and I call them strange occurrences because I've heard maybe five different reports, right? <laughs> I've heard reports of um, people turning into cats. Yeah. Uh, and I've heard reports of people turning into cows. <laughs> and listen to this, right? Uh -huh. Uh, someone turned into a cow, and when that person was chopped up, they were not bleeding. Like, this is strange <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. This is strange <laughs> stuff. And we've heard um, stories about um, people's houses getting broken into, and there's a syringe, and they're drawing blood for ritual uh, practices, yeah. which is, like, madness. And these reports have spread. They're not just on the core belt anymore. They're now in Lusaka. Yeah. They're now all over the country. Yeah. So... When you when your sin says gassing, this is what he's he's okay. referring to, yeah, sure. and panic buttons, and you know. Were those the signs you were giving me? Like, give them context. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, because like I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, 
I think for Ninja Code Family Development Initiative, I think what what we identified was um, there was a gap between social um, uh, social scientists and engineers. So engineers are always crying, no, there's no problems to solve. <laughs> <laughs> Which engineers are <laughs> So, and then there's this uh, social scientists here, and social scientists, of course, have been uh, doing things the archaic way. You know, interventions that they used 2000, and they're still using them now. And we, we in the 21st century, you know, um, people are talking about it, uh, people are talking about machine learning. So so, oh, <laughs> how can these uh, tools be leveraged, you know, um, to overcome some of these problems? And so, the gassing incidents was one of them. Uh, another example would be, well, during um, the delivery of maybe ballot papers or ECZ papers, you know, there are certain places in Zambia that are inaccessible, inaccessible. due to floods and the likes. So, I mean, we could use drones to 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 kind of, you know, we could use a zipliner to kind of send um, the, the, the exam papers there. And, well, I mean, we don't necessarily need to have uh, a chopper or something, but just making use of a drone, it could do the work. And then, of course, I spoke about, you know, uh, blood samples, you know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it should take like an hour to get to Lufunsa. And then back, so it, it would take somebody, I think, a day to just deliver, uh, uh, to come to Lusaka, do the uh, the blood samples, and then take them back. But if you use a drone, a drone, for instance, on average, the speed of a drone is about uh, 90 kilometers per hour. So you'd find that maybe uh, uh, Chongo is about 45 kilometers or something, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it should take. Uh, I think something less than an hour for 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 uh, a drone to to leave Lufunsa, come Lusaka, and back to Lufunsa. You know, so these are some of the ways in which we feel like AI could be applied. Data science, will, of course, you forgive me for um, the interchange of words. Uh, I think we did. That's uh, what confuses. <laughs> we did uh, explain what each of them mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, of course, uh, not on a serious note, but they say if it is on PowerPoint, it's AI, but if it is code, then it is machine learning. You know, that, 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 that actually could wait. It's not the, it makes absolute sense, right? If it's on PowerPoint, it's AI. It's AI. Yeah. Why? 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 I, I wait. <laughs> it made sense for me from a machine learning perspective, right? Yeah, okay. Because from the way I understand machine learning, um, it feels like it's more like training models. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot more programming mm -hmm. intensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, data GPU, sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. performance issues. Uh, that, that's that's where the machine learning kind of comes. Mm -hmm. And the AI is the automation of. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking to business uh, people, business executives, I mean, they don't want to go deep into, into stuff. The mathematics I mean, of the model. It's, like. it's, the, it's the sexist. Uh, what? Uh, it's a, what's this? <laughs> um, it's the bougie side of the data science side, right? <laughs> the bougie side. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it, you know, when you just talk about AI, then, you know, it's like, uh, what's this? Just for what is the sexiest word of the 
20. I mean, when you sound, when you say AI, and then, you know, people look at you. Mm, and, they're like, oh, yeah. 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 These are people that are happening. You know? yeah. Okay, so wait. Uh, I want to go more practical, right? Because yeah. we've given, like, examples of things that we can do with it. Yeah. What are examples of things that we have done with it already? Like, um, I uh, since since you got into the space, yeah, yeah, 2018, yeah. like, you've been talking to a lot more people. I know there's someone in the studio yeah. uh, who met you at an Indela yeah. and now they're working with you. Yeah. Like, what are some of the things that we have already done in our spaces with machine learning? Well, um, compared to other countries, I think uh, there's, not, not there's, there's, nothing, uh, there's not much that we've done, but at least we're moving at a snail's pace. Yeah, um, I think there's, there's a startup uh, that is using AI, you know, to, uh, to predict... Um, if a crop is uh, healthy or not. That's agri-predict, yeah. So, Machine learning. Yeah. Um, I think even in the fintech space, you know, Sipo uh, spoke about, you know, the data hack which was there. And I think um, the rationale behind the the, the, uh, the competition was around leveraging data science to... Um, solve some of the challenges in the financial space. Mm. You know, um, there's this issue of uh, village banking that's coming up, mm -hmm. you know. So, well, you get to uh, bank with people that you don't know of, and how do you gain the trust? You know, uh, I've just met you today, Mkuma, and how do I entrust you with my money? Um, I don't know whether you're going to pay back. So, um, people have proposed, uh, you know, solutions where, um, well, uh, using uh, your previous, you know, transactions, you know, uh, be able to determine whether your credit worthy or not. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the applications of data science. Uh, UBA, of course, they've got a chatbot that uh, makes key. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, there is progress, uh, and of course, we've seen some job posts here and there. Uh, I think. The Zig, I think, has got mm. some data scientists, mm -hmm. some banks they've got. So there's no, it's, there isn't much, uh, there, there isn't a lot of companies already that are employing people in that space, mm. but it's something that's coming up and promising. Okay, and uh, what, what, what do you see as some of the things that, um, the areas of improvement, well, maybe I'm using the wrong word, um, what can we do? Mm to help accelerate because Sipo said this isn't it's still a very niche, a very niche yeah, 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 yeah. profession a very niche profession so I think uh, of course um, some of us you know we're just doing these things out of passion and that's the reason why we came up with uh, with a community mm -hmm. uh, but uh, that does not mean there's nothing else that we're doing so the, the other things that we're doing you know of course we have to sustain ourselves um, I think there's need for um, various stakeholders to come on board of, like I know in Kenya I've got a friend that uh, works for Liquid Telecom and we, Liquid Telecom is uh is supporting farmers in Kenya, you know, um, they're basically using IoT, you know, to come up with uh, various sensor data, so like the temperature, uh, uh, the 
so humidity and other things that you know farmers will be interested in and then using that information to um to make you know it will help a farmer you know come up with certain decisions whether they should plant this type of crop uh this type of crop and yeah stuff like that so I think stakeholders need to come on board and support whatever initiative that uh, people like you and myself are doing. You know, of course, this is the endeavor that is coming up. Um, how can we get uh, big players on the market to support such events? You know, it's not much that would require from them. You know, this maybe just. Zero point zero 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 one percent of you know, the profits that they make. So yeah, I think That's that would go that, <laughs> that would go a long way, you know, in trying to promote uh, these initiatives. I mean, uh, tomorrow Mukuma might not be there, I might not be there, and then what happens to the initiatives? Then they die just like that. So we already we need to come up with ways in which um, they can be sustained, and um, from what we assist, uh, people are not ready to pay um, for some of these services or some of these courses. Um, I spoke about the Global Drone Academy that I'm actively involved in. Um, we are teaching kids how to program, uh, uh, engineer, and fly drones. But well, uh, mostly we are targeting, uh, you know, uh, people that are well to do in the society. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when, <laughs> people. You know, the people that you know. You tell them that this course is this amount, uh, and well, they already know the value and they're ready to pay for it. And then coming from you know a background where. Um, was not what to do. I mean, sometimes it hates me because, um, you know, it's like we're denying people that are, are less privileged in society the opportunity to learn some of these technologies. But, well, um, we have to ship in uh, certain equipment and then that comes with a fee. You get it? Mm -hmm. So um, that's where we are. So um, we're hoping that through, you know, uh, uh, um, offering these services to people that are what to do through the profits that we make, then we can then um, start to make them more accessible for yes, for people, people that are, come from less privileged communities. Yeah. Okay, so there's something that I want to go back to that yeah. you mentioned, and I think this is an open question, yeah. right? Um, you mentioned that in Kenya we've got companies supporting local efforts, yeah. and they're using well. Before, if two years ago this is technology, I'd be like, wow, you know, when we talk about IoT, and IoT is just Internet of Things, yeah. people don't understand. Uh, those, te those technologies aren't foreign to yeah. even us locally here in yeah, Zambia. Yeah, yeah. So why, why is there a big difference in opportunity, uh, not just from, let's say, partners supporting... Um, supporting uh, local entities, yeah. or even just local entities like innovating. I know, I think it's Kenya or Rwanda. Where I, I don't know, I think a company's called Zipliner or something like that. Yeah. That reminded me, they they do a lot of delivery for health uh, into the rural right. areas. Yeah. Into mm -hmm. the, I forget the name, but I'll put it in the show notes. Why is there such a big gulf? Like, big gulf in difference between opportunities that are being taken advantage of in neighboring countries and us here locally? 
Okay. So, okay, uh, I'll also um, allude to the example I gave about the drone, the Global Drone Academy, where we are teaching kids how to fly drones. So, apart from just teaching them how all these skills to do with drones, the other thing that we're teaching them is entrepreneurship. So, one thing that I think we're lacking here in Zambia is uh, the component of entrepreneurship. Most most people, when they graduate, the first thing they think of is um, uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, it's like going to, look for a job. Yeah. <laughs> going to look for a job. Of course, yes, uh, we've got quite a number of startups. And I, I was looking at some... Uh, uh, some statistics. I think Zambia in Africa it should be the second or something. I was I was surprised, but yeah, <laughs> it's not the, the number of startups. Yes. So um, we've got quite a number of startups, but those startups are people that maybe were working and then they decided to resign and then started their own thing. But I think we don't have situations where um, people straight from the university get to start up their own businesses. I think, I don't know, I'm yet to, I mean, I stand to be corrected, but I don't think that's the case. In for in Germany, for instance, and other areas where there's um, quite a, uh, there's, there's, uh, a lot of research going on, um, well, so, and it's, 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 it's one of the challenges that we've been facing, you know, uh, we've got few people that are doing research masters you know um, research um, like um, uh, research oriented masters mm-hmm. you know mostly it's modular so with research masters or phd um you get to work, to work on a niche and then praise what you work on then in, in in other parts of the country in, in of the world they then form up they come up with their own startup so, for instance, uh, we'll give an example of the gassing story. So, there's this gassing. So, I come up with, with uh, a research study, okay, uh, how can uh, AI be leveraged, how can AI be used, you know, to address uh, this gassing issue. You know, I've got that problem statement. And then I do that, uh, part of the work I do it in my master's, and then uh, I finish up whatever during my PhD studies. Um, so, after I finish, I then, you know, not go look for work or become a professor or what, but then start up my own startup, and then, yeah, I mean, people could be, could be paying for that, uh, for that service, you know, um, as we're speaking, in Nigeria, there's about, um, 15,000 drone pilots. 15,000 drone pilots, people that are flying drones, but those are unregistered, unlicensed. So, you could come up with, with, with a startup where, um, well, if people want uh, you to kind of, instead of uh, hiring people or these uh, security companies to guard your premises, you can just have this drone, you know, flying around your area and mapping whatever is happening. This is an example. So, I mean, what I'm just trying to say in a nutshell is a situation where we've got people from university or from whatever, instead of first thinking of going to work, they think of maybe coming up with their own startups. I think that would help out in, uh, that would uh, help us, you know, in terms of uh, bridging the gap. I see. 
you know, um, what you just said reminded me of something that I'm that I, that I always hear. Mm. Uh, a lot of these skills, right? We talk about are just a means to an end. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like we're talking about entrepreneurship. You're just solving a problem using some of the skills Excuse that you mm-hmm. picked up along the way, or partnering with someone that will help you. You know, stuff like that. And you uh, don't necessarily sorry for cutting short. And you don't necessarily need to be an, an expert. An expert. I mean, uh, of course. Part of you know uh, engineering drawing is you know the soldering, and you find that kids uh, seven years are able to solder. Then you ask them, okay, uh, how well did you learn this? And like through YouTube, you know. So uh, there's quite a number of resources online that uh, people can refer to or learn from, you know. So it's just a matter of interest and people just knowing exactly what they want to do. I, I think it's also a matter of community penetration. Uh, we usually, well, I think other communities, uh, web, uh, web-focused communities, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I can't even remember all the other types of communities. Yeah. But these have a bit of an upper edge, maybe because they are quote unquote uh, <laughs> the the sexy side of programming <laughs> and so on and so forth. So maybe people become more enticed at an early age to get into it, and by the time they are leaving uni, for example, they may have a lot of the skills, yeah. maybe even at an intermediate level, to then uh, venture into having their own startup. But like we said before, a lot of people aren't coming from privileged backgrounds, for example. Yeah. So you're forced to get into a job to make money to support your hustle. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then yeah, you, yeah. You, you start hearing the, don't quit your job until you've got, is it 12 months worth of savings, mm-hmm. for example? Yeah. You have to survive yeah. one year yeah. away from your job yeah. while you you know, finding your feet and so on and so forth. Exactly, and that's I think that's again one of the issues that we face here in Zambia, where it's difficult to become uh, what you want to become. Um, let's say I want to become uh, a data engineer or a software engineer or whatever. So I graduate from university. And my passion is in software engineering, but if an IT technician job pops up, then I go for that job. You get it. So you s- people get up and d- doing things that they didn't want to do, or and when they start doing those things, then there will be no passion. Mm-hmm. Okay, tell me about um, Sogolo Tech uh-huh. and the chatbot. I'm really interested in the chatbot because it's been with me since you mentioned. It. <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> you know, he mentioned uh, sexual reproductive health yeah, 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 and yeah, resource yeah, governance. Yeah, 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 yeah. And is it tax governance? Uh, tax justice. Tax justice. Like, yeah. Run me through what each of those things are. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not an expert in the in the field. You know, I've got uh, social scientists that guide me in these fields. But basically, um, uh, so resource governance is basically um, how we could take care of our resources. So um, we've got minerals, for instance. And then we've got people in um, in Solwezi, in Chingola, where there is these uh, mineral activities taking place, mining activities. So, well, how are locals benefiting uh, from whatever is happening there? Mm-hmm. You get it? So, we're trying to provide people with necessary information, like, okay, um, in Columbia, uh, for instance, Columbia mine. Uh, there's a mine there, but 
how are the locals benefiting? How many schools are there? Is there a hospital? Are there roads there? So we want to kind of, so as we do projects in those areas, we also try to get information and that information we then feed into the chatbot. And then people are able to access that information and because the idea is to bring um um public office bearers to account. You know, like what are they doing for the communities? Mm-hmm. So that's basically what we're trying to do. Um, social reproductive health is something different. Um, well, it's I, not part of the chatbot, like. Yeah, it is, but that's uh, it's a different thematic area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, it it is because it's strange. What <laughs> resource governance and tax justice, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they just throw in sexual sure. reproduction. <laughs> yeah. like, it's really an outlier. So sexual reproductive health also. Um, we we thought of a chatbot as a way in which. Okay, so uh, Kuma, I don't know if you know HIV status, but <laughs> when you go to <laughs> when you go to oh, a public health facility, or let's say you've got uh, some STI or whatever, mm. some s- s- some some guys are afraid to go there because they'll be judged. Oh, I mean, when you want to do, you find out any information with regards, you know. Uh, sexual health, you know, it's difficult to go to somebody because uh, you're afraid that people are going to judge you. Yeah, you know. Um, so, uh, how do we overcome this challenge? And um, in one of our projects that we've been doing, uh, we've had so because women, it's easy because you know they go, they take their kids uh, or children for under five. So there, then it's easy to to do whatever. But for men, um, for men to visit health facilities becomes difficult. So they resort to self medication and the like. So I mean, if we're thinking, I mean, we're in the twenty first century, and then we're thinking of ways, innovative ways in which um, some of these problems can be addressed. Like okay, so um, this issue of you know. Uh, males, you know, finding out information uh, to do with uh, sexual reproductive health or sexual health. So, instead of, you know, uh, interfacing with somebody that will judge them, uh, there's just a virtual person that they can interact with and then can kind of, you know, uh, give them advice or give them whatever information that uh, they would uh, like to find out. So, that's the chatbot to do with uh, SRH and uh, it will be on Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp. Also, oh, it's not live yet? Not live yet. No. Ah, okay. I find that very interesting. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about mental health, so maybe I might uh, bounce a few ideas off you about maybe including that as something that's uh, uh, a part of a similar platform in terms of uh, resources as well. Yeah. Because I feel like that's that's a neglected space, a lot of stigma also around issues to do with uh, mental, mental health. health. Especially in Zambia. Yeah, especially here. Like, gen- okay, generally here there's a stigma towards a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, there's a stigma towards careers, if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, people get to interact with their phone. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, per day, people, uh, what's this? Uh, get to see the get to interact with their phone. I don't know how many times that's forgotten. But yeah, I mean the closest ally is is is, 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 is a mobile device. Mm-hmm. So 
how can we bring this information right to their mobile devices? Um, so it's something that we're trying out, and well, uh, we we agile, uh, and we believe in failing fast. So <laughs> we try out things. If they work, they work. Um, if they don't work, then we learn from that, and then uh, improve on that. Mm. Okay, let's I like go. that failing fast. <laughs> hey, like I'm adopting a failing fast, um, uh, failing fast approach this year. So like I've got a bunch of experiments uh, yeah. that I have in the pipeline. I'm just like you know Fail what? As easy I'm as just gonna try this possible. out, yeah. and if it works, it works. And usually, what you find is, um, and this is something we talked about in our very crappy episode that we put out. Uh, we we're talking about um, uh, some of the things we need to look out for when talking about critical thinking, mm. right? Um, you're not supposed to get attached to an idea. You're supposed to be able to listen to feedback okay. and all that stuff. So one of the reasons why we abandon certain things and we don't see opportunities mm-hmm. that experiments usually give us is because we are too attached to the initial yeah. idea. Yeah. We stick to it. So like one of the things I'm trying to do is just put something out there without any prejudistic mm-hmm. approach mm-hmm. and then see what the, the data brings out, for example. Yeah. Or what's the data saying? Exactly. So, I mean, everything is centered around data. So, data makes the I mean, they say data is the new oil. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, yeah. But I did uh, listen to a podcast recently, and I can't remember the title, but when I do, I'll put mm. it in the description. Um, there was this idea and theory that we're starting to shift towards uh, using data as uh, a decision maker so much yeah. that sometimes we're just forgetting to think instinctively about certain things and then just try something new regardless of what the data is saying. So that's something to think about as a data guy. <laughs> okay, um, uh, we're kind of finishing up the episode, but before we do, uh, I know we've talked a lot about data science and I know a lot of people might still not understand everything we've talked about, but I hope that we'll be able to give resources that um, will help them learn a little more, especially on the classes and all that stuff and all the. And do you blog? Do you write any blogs? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. We do. We do have some posts there. Okay, that's great. So, like, just in a nutshell, right? Yeah. Um, what do you think the future is for data science in Zambia in the next one year, two years, three years, five years? Like from what your data is telling you? Um, well, so, um, of course, based on our stats, um, most people that have been attending our events have been students, um, which is... Uh, Always a good thing. Which, yeah. yeah, which is a good thing. Um, yeah, and of course, they're going into the uh, job market and... Uh, I think those are some of the uh, innovative ideas that they could propose to their managers and their bosses as in like way of doing things, you know, because there's this talk in Zambia of, you know, you know, people don't want to resign and want to do things like, but I think with new, with young people like myself coming on board, I think things will slowly be changing and, um, Going into the job market, you know, uh, with that information, I think that would help out, you know, uh, jobs, you know, embracing this technology. So I think that's one thing. But um, from our end, I think we're excited that um, 
we are gaining a recognition um of course the zamenai community uh, for the last past three years for the last three years uh, we've partnered with the deep in dava you know in organizing the i think third plus this year the deep learning in dava um I forgot to mention this, but also I'm Zindi ambassador here in Zambia. So Zindi also is on board. Uh, we're working so closely Zindi. with Zindi. So Zindi is a data science platform. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Cargo. Yeah, I think I've heard about it, but I haven't used it myself. Yeah, so... Uh, um... So Cargo is a data science platform where um, data scientists across the world get to solve challenges. So, well, um, let's say we collect the data we're talking about. I'll try to localize everything that uh, we're talking about. You know, we collect data, uh, the, the, the guessing data, for instance. We've got the guessing data. So um, we don't know what to do with it. We're not data scientists. I mean, we just collected the data. So we get that data and then post it on your platform. Yeah, and, yeah, and then we've got different data scientists across uh, the globe that get to make use of the data to come up with... Um, different uh, insights and predictions. Uh, you get it. So obviously um, there's, there's, there's a way in which they are rated on the leadership board based on the metrics like accuracy, uh, precision and recall. So that's what they use, you know, to grade uh, and to come up with who um, who images uh, the winner of that uh, competition. But so Zindi is something similar to that, but the only difference is Zindi tries to solve African, uh, it's centered around African problems. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's. I think the founders are in South Africa, uh, yeah, Cape Town, and well, um, but they've been they've tried so hard to kind of you know work with communities across uh, the globe. I know there's a competition around. Uh, it's a computer vision competition uh, that is. Uh, it's 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 data that was collected in Malawi. There's data that is collected in Kenya. I mean, different. But so. Um, they're not stigmatizing in a way or what is um, biased towards a certain country. But I think they try to get data from different countries. And they're open, you know. Uh, if here in Zambia we've got data and we feel it has to be analyzed, I mean, we can reach out to them. And then uh, well, they can then post it on the platform. And yeah, so that too, there's knowledge competitions and uh, Competitions that are what's this? Uh, like comp- like actual competitions where you get to win. So knowledge competition, you don't win anything. It's just for you to learn. But the actual competition, you get to win. And people are winning five thousand US dollars, ten thousand US dollars. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've partnered with Zindi and um, the the endeavors that we've been hosting uh, were one day activities and this time around we're, we're trying to make it a two day activity so the first day might be a hackathon 
you know, people be given uh, some data sets to just kind of solve whatever challenge and then the, the following day would be the actual uh, endeavor. And then, of course, the previous endeavors, we've had this issue of, you know, talking about what is machine learning as data science. Um, this time around, we want to make it different, um, more data, you know, when we talk about data, um, the things to do with ethics ethics uh, regulation and stuff so it's something that we've not very much concentrated on and even in the drone industry that's uh, something also which is a big thing like people don't know what are, what are the do's and the don't you know uh, when it comes to drones so it's the same thing you know uh, people might invade other people's privacy and we don't want that happening so we want to also bring out uh, such conversations among among people and people get to know like what data can they collect from people and what data can they not collect. Okay, if they collect uh, this kind of data, then how do they, you know, keep it safe? Such kind of things. So, yeah. Um, uh, so, the, so the, they've been... Stakeholders have been coming on board, of course, like Zindi I've just mentioned, and then from 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 the community also, you know, we've got people now reaching out, asking when is the next COVID starting, you know. Um, there's quite a lot of background, uh, there's quite a lot of planning that is happening in the background, and also what has to be put into consideration is people are doing all this pro bono. So people then have to, you know, um, s uh, spare some time, you know, to come and, 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 and teach, you know, in 12 weeks is not a joke. So, uh, there are all these issues, but, I mean, I'm happy to say that, yeah, um, I think we are, uh, uh, the, the community is growing and uh, quite a number of activities that we're doing, you know, I think, I don't think the narrative is the same uh, compared to three years back. Yeah, true. True, true, true. Okay, so here's a question. Yeah. What's your favorite AI movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's this series that... Uh, that, that came out. Uh, mm -mm. I'll just go for... What's this? It's, just, it's, it's not really a movie. I don't know if it's a movie or documentary, but um, I'll go. I don't know if you watched, yeah. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. It's a documentary, is it? It should be a documentary movie kind of a thing. Okay. I'm not sure if it's, it's a... Uh, it's not know. really my favorite, but, well, I mean, it's... Because there's this guy from uh, China, Lee... What's his name? Lee, what? The, 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 the champion of chess... Go, no, the Go... The, he was a goal champion and was beaten by AI. And, I have yeah. no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> Lee do something. Uh, yeah. Okay. That sounds about right. So I'll just run you, I'll just run you guys through a list of uh, quote unquote AI yeah. movies. Uh -huh. And uh, I think from this list, you yeah. should be able to pick a few favorites. Okay. How long is the list? Uh, dude, I won't go through the entire So this is really long. Oh. Um, did you guys ever see this movie called Chappie? It was South African. Yeah. Rubbish. <laughs> was, it, was, it, was it a South African movie? I think it was South African. It, it, was, it was shot in South Africa. Yeah, it was very South African. It's movie. like uh, District 9, eh? Yeah. Okay. 
so Ex Machina, Transcendence, I like Blade Ex Runner. Machina. The Matrix is considered an AI movie as well. Mm. Well, how is Blade Runner an AI movie? Uh, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't no. think it was an AI yeah, movie. That one doesn't. Dis- that one we described. I Robot is also too. considered an AI movie. Well, that's an AI movie, but Blade Runner. Yes, dystopian future. Even Age of Ultron is considered an AI movie. It is an AI movie. Yeah. Ultron is AI. Oh yeah, right. I <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that. It's so embarrassing. Um, well, obviously Terminator, Dark Fate, uh-huh. which we're still gonna get to. Uh, okay, just skip the Terminator movie. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's Termina- Terminator uh, 2. Terminator 2 was good. Yeah, and I think uh, the last two I'm going to go for is uh, Minority Report. Uh, also well, last good. three. Westworld as well as, well, the movie and not the series. And uh, So the, the thing the series was based on Star because Trek. no one has seen the movie. Star yeah, Trek is AI. Yeah, 1979, I haven't seen the movie. But, um, Star Trek has AI. I wouldn't call it an AI movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like calling, it's like calling right, Iron Man an Age of AI Out, movie. Outron was like, like it has AI, but it's not no, really but it, an AI it's, movie. it's exploring the repercussions of piling all your problems onto an AI, and then in the AI decides you are the problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's an I, I, Age of Ultron is an AI movie. Blade Runner, no, it's just. I'll tell just, you, I think just, from this just the movie that has AI in From it. this short list, I think Ex Machina, uh, which I really enjoyed, uh, and maybe The Matrix, I think for me, would be like... Even The Matrix, though. It's not so much AI no, simulation. Ca- isn't it not really, though? Like, that movie is premised on so many different I things. mean, they're fighting, they're fighting against the machines, all in all, and they're talking about how a program goes rogue. That's Agent Smith. So I, I guess I, that's I'm AI. Sorry. That, that's I, almost every other movie, right? <laughs> no, I'm I'm agreeing that it's an AI. <laughs> Blade Runner. The guy was in love with, like in 2044, he was in love with an AI, right? But I he was an I, AI. I barely, I barely okay, look. Um, are you serious? Yeah. I enjoyed both of them. I did not enjoy. No, no, I I I have a type of movie. <laughs> uh, okay. okay, so from the list, what's your favorite last? Um, Ex Machina. Yeah, I, 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 I liked it. I liked, uh, uh, what's this guy's name? The actor that uh, plays that guy in Star Wars, Paul. Uh, you know, you know I'm terrible at like remembering. <laughs> I'm looking around the room like y'all just looking at me. <laughs> no, Oscar yeah. Isaac. Yeah, I like Oscar Isaac. Smith. I, sorry. I think I'm mentioning the actual character in the movie. No, I'm talking about the actor who played the guy in Ex Machina. Hold up, um, we checking. No, okay. Yeah, his name is Oscar Isaac. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yes, I'll say X Machina. Out of the movies you mentioned, I'd really have to think about it, to be honest. You know what, that's the point. You don't have to think about it. Yassine, what's your favorite from the list? But I don't think of movies. Uh, I'm almost done. (laughs) (laughs) I've not watched most of the movies, so... You know, for a data guy, I expected that you've seen more. (laughs) Okay, what's your favorite AI movie? Uh, I just mentioned from this list. I can't remember all of them. No, but like, one. Pick one. Uh... I think I'd say The Matrix. The Matrix. Yeah, I know Which it's a bit one? cliche. Uh, all of them? No. 
No, I'm not accepting that answer. <laughs> okay, They're very standard. Which one was the first one? Reloaded was the first one, right? No, was the Matrix was, was the first Revolution one. Revolution was the third one, right? The Matrix was the first one. <laughs> the Matrix. Okay. The Matrix. <laughs> yes. Then Reloaded, then Revolution, right? Yeah. I, I think the first two, for me, mm-hmm. uh, would be my favorite. Or The Matrix would be my favorite. <laughs> Okay, but I'll it's not complete. It now, like, now it. The whole point of sequels no, and all these actually, stuff is to form a actually, story. The first movie is a complete story. And the second movie, that's when they decided, okay, now we're going to build this whole world. <laughs> and just explore. <laughs> what AI. <laughs> uh, the first one, if you watch the first Matrix movie and end it there, it's a nice, well-contained movie on its own. Okay, there's no... You know, Resurrection what? foreshadowing. You know what? I'm gonna watch them again and then I'll tell you all about it uh, in the next episode. Because I'm gonna leave soon, so I have the time. Okay. Uh, so we'll talk about this again. No problem. Talk no about problem. This again. Okay, one last question. Just one last question. Yeah. Um, what did you learn this month that you feel like is something valuable that others should know? This is not hard. It could be anything, even something small. Yeah, we're thinking. That's <laughs> 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 like drones. <laughs> <laughs> you learned how to fly drones oh, this oh. month? <laughs> okay, I'll start. Okay. Um, uh, so, I started listening to this new podcast, right? It's not new. Um, it's just... So this is what I've been doing. I've streamlined the the content that I take in, right? So I've been looking at the list of podcasts I listen to, and I'm starting to kind of um, shed off some. Like I listen to podcasts like Planet Money, which is mostly like it's it's basically finance for dummies and like little like uh, information on how stuff works in the financial sector and everything related to it. Um, so stuff like that and then I found this really neat uh, podcast by Jeffrey Way um, so Jeffrey Way is like this icon like this is someone that if you've heard of Laracast.com which is uh, a tutorial based site mostly talking about PHP and um, Laravel as a framework uh, so he has this platform called Laracast where they do all these tutorials and he's got a podcast um, so this podcast has really short 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 messages on like basically how to go about certain stuff it's sort of like a motivational thing but for me it's more practical because i feel like it really drills in on some of the practices that i go through and one thing i picked up this week was um something to do with prioritizing my time right so like you know how social media okay generally you get distracted by a lot of things a lot so like really working on how i can if i say i'm gonna I'm trying to build something, or I'm trying to like build out a feature, right? Yeah. And I know I'll build out this feature in a week. Yeah. When I'm dedicating time to working on that feature, I should maybe like turn off everything else and yeah. just focus on building out this feature, yeah. learning like new things around what I'm trying to do. So like no social media, no news sites, no you know no no distractions basically. So that's something that I'm disciplined learning learned this week. Mm. Okay. Oh, I, I go next. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the word very well because I've only ever read it. <laughs> but, uh, idempondency. 
Independency. Independency. <laughs> yeah, it's a word. Uh, so, uh, anyone here know about the two generals problem? Uh, not since university, actually. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, yeah, there's a problem where two generals are uh, on opposite sides of the uh, battlefield with their target in the middle. Neither of them can defeat the target on their own, only if they attack together. There are two ends of the, the um, battlefield. They have no phones, they have no way of communicating with each other across that thing apart from sending someone. They have to attack at the same time. So they have to send someone. So imagine this, right? You're one general, uh, I'm another general. Okay, I send one of my people to go and tell you, okay, this is the time that we're going to attack. Okay? How do you, or how do I know that you got the message and my messenger didn't get killed on the way? You... You don't, right? Do I? No, like, that's the only way, because otherwise... Uh, it's, it's it's kind of like a looped problem, right? Mm-hmm. You send uh, someone to come and tell me that, okay, we're going to attack at this time, but you don't know if the person has reached. And you also don't know if the enemy sent... Killed your messenger. Exactly. <laughs> so basically, you don't know if the message has reached. This and then like you can do... You, yeah, so you can do it like... Uh, you can do a thing where now you have to get a confirmation, right? So now I send the messenger, and then you have to send a confirmation. But how do you know that I got the confirmation? So uh, it's basically this thing. I'm not going to go into detail, but it's this thing where... Uh, communicating systems kind of prevent, uh, and it's more to do with transactions, uh, because what you don't want is, uh, for example, take a a card, uh, a credit card, right? You swipe, and then it goes and tells the server something. The server registers, but the response is, is lost, okay? If he tries to swipe again, that transaction shouldn't happen again. So it's basically a way of kind of having a dependency key that kind of says, oh, this transaction, I've already done it from a server side. We'll put a link in it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, like, uh, you asked what I learned this month. So I'm just explaining, like, it's, it's one of these things that, you know, I, I you, 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 you learn when you're working with certain systems, mm-hmm. how to make your systems more secure, how to make them more reliable. So yeah. if you're working with any transactions that are very sensitive and require some form of confirmation, then I would recommend looking into that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's your turn now. Yeah, well, I've been long days, so my brain isn't really uh, functioning and it's, at its optimum. But yeah, I think it's quite a number of things that I've learned uh, this year. Um, so some, one is something that is something uh, related to what you were just explaining. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm banking with FNB. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, I've just been... So in December, I was receiving some messages from... So I think they used to come on a Tuesday at 1428. <laughs> 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 same message. So um, then recently, like I had two. So I don't know. I don't know if it it was a bug in the system or what. But it was trying to withdraw money, but then um, the money was uh, 
that it was trying to withdraw was not uh, I'd like had insufficient funds. Mm-hmm. So the transaction used to bounce. But well, um, something that I do is you know when I've got money in my account. So because I'm using I've got a smart account. Mm-hmm. So smart account comes with like. I think like two accounts. So there's the save and the actual one. Mm-hmm. So the save, I think the idea is, you know, just for saving and you cannot access it directly. You have to put the money into the main account and that's mm-hmm. when you withdraw. So I, f- I found that to be a safer way of keeping money because I, I feel if money was in that the main account, then I don't know. It's too accessible. Yes, 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 yes. And then the other thing was, um, you know, dealing with kids. I mean, what synonymous to being a programmer or software engineer or somebody that uh, writes writes code is, you know, being an introvert, somebody mm. that you know. Mm. But um, recently, you know, you know, I got exposed to, you know working with kids, you know, playing with kids, you know, handling kids. Uh, I mean, it's just fun, you know. Uh, you find uh, eight, year, seven year olds, you know, having certain conversations that, uh, you know, are just strange, you know. Like, <laughs> not even uh, 27 year olds can have such kind of conversations, you know. And, you know, even teaching, uh, you know, you know, uh, teaching them about these technologies, you know, it doesn't seem to be something that is new to them, you know. I mean, we're grappling, you know, understanding uh, the definition of data science, machine learning and stuff. So we tell them something today and next week, you know, uh, they'll seamlessly be able to to explain uh, what the definition of data science, machine learning is. They're able to understand uh, the context in which it can be applied. And I found that to be something that is interesting. And yeah, I feel we should not... Uh, undermine these kids in as much mm. as they kids but they think whoa uh, have a few things to learn yeah from you should not just you know restrict certain materials like no since he's in this grade let him learn this you know I think just try out certain things you know if somebody's in fourth grade third grade you know try teaching me a python and whoa you'd be surprised <laughs> okay <laughs> teach kids how to code I can get behind that. It, it could be coding or whatsoever, but certain things you feel like, I ah, know, you can only learn this thing once you get to varsity. And yeah. I don't think in this age that we're in, you know, I've got, my niece is just two years old and, you know, she's able to go to YouTube and not, not just go to YouTube, but certain favorite songs of hers, you know, I don't know, she's just mastered how the names are spelled out. So she knows that, okay, this is the actual song, you know, and then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is super interesting. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, that's Something good. I forgot to mention, you know, Salim is one of our alumni in our data science courses. Already? Yeah, so... He's in the studio right now. <laughs> <context>. <laughs> so you want to say something? I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. waiting for you actually. Okay, um, <laughs> um Salem here. Um I feel like that passenger that stays at the back of a bus and then when everyone else gets off, the driver thinks there's no one there. And then now you have to jump off the bus. Yeah. Okay, so well the only thing I can say is um data science used to be something that I thought 
was for the Western world. Yeah, but having been introduced to the deep learning in Dawa, I was surprised uh, to see Zambians doing a lot of things that I thought would only be done in movies. Uh, take, for example, he mentioned of Mr. Chikwete, the one who's in Japan right now. Mm -hmm. He came with a mini ECG machine that was made out of a box. Okay, and by ECG, I mean um, that thing that we see in movies that does ding, ding, when you're about to die. <laughs> you know ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was able to make one out of a box, and then that could send responses from that same thing to a phone. So in a situation or maybe a scenario where the doctor is not in the room, mm -hmm. and then anything happens to a patient, the patients, um, the small machine would notify the doctor of exactly what's going on that side. Okay, mm -hmm. so that intrigued my interest. I um, found myself attending the Saturday classes, and. See, I was happy at the end of it, <coughs> having been able to make a machine learning model that could predict something. Okay, so it's been a journey that I thought was impossible, but now it's something that I look up to and say I wake up every morning thinking I will be that one person who's going to share and make someone else believe that we can do it in Zambia. Yeah, that's awesome. Just to add, just one thing that you can just add. I don't know. You have to add it, but yeah. So once we do whatever courses, what we've been trying to do is also link our learners to Zindi platform so that then they can have a feel of how it, uh, it is like solving real world challenges. So we don't want a situation where we teach somebody and then we just leave them hanging just like that. So once they they have a feel of how it is like to solve real world uh, problems and challenges, so even after the course, then they're able to kind of, you know, perfect their skills, compete in these challenges, and well, uh, somebody can live off that, you know, participating in competitions. So those are some of the ways in which we've been trying to kind of sustain the program, but also... Um, ensure that you know whatever skills that they get are not just just uh, are not just lost just like that but there's a way in which they could be applied yeah okay that's good we are out of time but if you want to get in touch with us um as usual you can follow us on all our social media platforms we are podcast zm on instagram twitter facebook LinkedIn at Codecast Zambia. We are pretty much on almost every st streaming platform. Mm -hmm. Just search for Codecast Zambia and our website might pop up also. If you want to find out more about our guests, uh, I think I'll let them leave, tell us where we can find them and everything. Uh, but yeah, this is Sour underscore Bones. Uh, follow me for any information. Also, something I forgot to say. So I'm looking for any developers that are working on a team either alone or with one other uh, team member. I really want to talk to you guys. So if you're in that bracket, just uh, go to our anchor page and leave a voice message with your details or DM ZM or DM me for, yeah, so we can talk. Hey, go down. What? <laughs> you go down in the DM. Uh, wow. <laughs> no? <laughs> That's what I miss about you. But well, Yasin, please tell us how people can get in touch with you. So people can reach out to me via Facebook, Yasin Musayami, uh, same name on uh, LinkedIn, Twitter at Essential Brother, and yeah.
I think it was email yasin ayabi at gmail.com. Yeah. And then, of course, we go to the Facebook page, uh, Zambia in Artificial Intelligence Community on Facebook. Twitter, we're not very much active, but yeah. Okay. I'll include uh, those in the show notes as well yeah. for anyone to get in touch with you also. Mm. Alliance? I am Jorelli360, J O R underscore E L I 360. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's been Codecast and we <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Codecast Zambia brought to you by Agora Code. Visit agoracode.community for more information or like us on Facebook. That's at Code Agora. We're on Twitter too, at Code Agora.